This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning. Welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We're live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto, as usual, with me in studio this morning, my co-host, Naz Marchese. And just dropping in from Jefferson Avenue and uh, walking past the studio, we've got Lou Franceschetti back with us. Good morning, Lou. Trying How to are get you? his mic set up. Uh, we have a little, little, hour little technical difficulties with uh, with your mic this That's morning. Okay. But, but Not, go- nothing can okay. disrupt my day today. We've got you. We've got you lined up. We've got you mic'd and wired up. Uh, welcome aboard, and thanks for thanks for have joining us. Have the Yankees us again. won a game all week, guys? Uh, no, well, they haven't. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> They haven't won a game, but uh, anyways, I just want to announce to our listeners on the show today, shortly after our first break, will be Harry Neal, Harry Neal, Hall of Fame broadcaster. Uh, great career as a as a as a as a broadcaster, coach, and uh, uh, of course part of that duo with Bob Cole uh, for so many so many years. And in the middle of the hour, we're hoping to be able to connect with Tom Henke. Tom Henke's down in Missouri. Uh, working on his uh, f- on his ranch this morning, we're hoping to get a hold of him and talk all things Blue Jays. But the big story, of course, is the Blue Jays. No question, uh, they have finished first in their division. They are in a game today. If they win and the Royals lose, they're going to finish first overall and get home field advantage in the playoffs for whatever that's worth. Um, so it's going to be an incredible week in Toronto as the excitement builds. To that opener Thursday afternoon, uh, Naz, you're wearing your Blue Jays hat this morning, I and, am, uh, and I did all week in Texas. And, uh, you're I was the only one that had a Blue Jay hat on in Texas. Anyways, you were down in Texas this week on some business. Uh, tell us what uh, what the sentiments is of uh, the people down in Texas towards well, baseball and whatever else is on their well, sporting it's minds. And the, the, just a shout out to the guys and girls down in Connexus, uh, the company Connexus. Uh, we do a lot of freight with uh, the Mexican carrier. And uh, Jesus and Ciro and all the guys and girls down there. Now, Texas. Texas Rangers uh, were uh, – we went golfing, then we went out to a sports bar to watch uh, sports. And Texas Rangers were playing a game, and they were supposed to – that was a clinching game to make the playoffs. Ninety-five percent of the people were watching the NFL game between Pittsburgh and Baltimore. They didn't care about the Texas Rangers. Well, Baseball is a non-entity there. Non-entity, compared, of course. Compared to football. Well, football's a religion down in Texas. Um, certainly, I mean, between, uh, I mean, that's where Friday Night Lights, that hold, I mean, they, they get 25,000 people to watch high school football games. And, uh, you know, Texas, between the Longhorns and TCU uh, this year and A&M and... Uh, Baylor. Baylor and all those, they've got some incredible college programs. So I guess football... Uh, Football's huge. Dallas is, is like is, a religion. And the Cowboys, of course, are a religion down there. But You uh, know what the question they asked us to talk about was, uh, can 
the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, Tony Romo, win a Super Bowl? Can he win a Super Bowl? Anyways, think, uh, right, now, right now, right now, uh, right now, I'm not so much worried about whether Romo can win a Super Bowl. We'll certainly we'll see how that goes comes along. But we're 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 worried and uh, not worried, but we're looking forward to the Toronto Blue Jays winning a World Series. That's 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 a topic of agenda and. Uh, and there's some issues that uh, that have to be dealt with, and a uh, little bit of concern uh, coming out of the bullpen, guys. I really think the concern uh, that they're going to have, and they probably won't say it because they won't bring it out to the public, is uh, they're really going to be worried about uh, Robert Osuna. Here's a 20-year-old kid who's never done that uh, this job before this year. Uh, he's done a great job up until now, but it seems like the last month he's hit the wall, and it just could be that they're not used to playing uh, six or seven months of baseball. They're, you know, minor league ball is pretty much a three-month-a-year job. And now he's put in a position where he's got to, uh, especially you're in the, right in the forefront when you're out there to close games, especially at this level right now. Last Yesterday's game was crucial to the Jays. Uh, no matter what anybody says, I don't think they want to play uh, or they want to go into that uh, seven-game series being on the road, especially against Texas or Houston, who have great home records. It's interesting that we're going to have Tom Henke on because that is the concern with me too, Lou, because uh, back in the day we had Ward and Henke as the eighth and ninth inning guys, or seven and eight was Ward and Henke was the ninth. We don't have that here. Um, Sanchez. I bet to be San- fair, most other teams don't have that yeah, either. They, I mean, you know what? Sanchez... <clears throat> falter too. So that may be the issue with the team. I hope not, but that may be the issue with the Blue Jays going into the playoffs. Is there a closer and their uh, setup guy? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're going to find out. Uh, I mean, the, you know, the Jays have been rock solid uh, for the last couple of months. Uh, you know, Osuna had a bad outing yesterday. It happens. He's had uh, a few, though. Wally. He's had a few. But, I witnessed uh, two of them. He's had a few. Yeah, so, you know, and playoff baseball sometimes uh, can be a little bit different. Uh, yeah. You know, the pressure's a lot more. Uh, he's 20 years old. We'll see how he reacts to the pressure. But the other interesting question about the Jays is, uh, I mean, down the stretch, they had, uh, you know, most of their starting rotation, I guess, other than Burley, um, you know, pitched pitched, uh, and pitched incredibly well. Now you're going into uh, a series, um, depending on how the dates fall, fall out and whether there's rain or whatever. I mean, the issue is, are we going with... Uh, Three-man rotation? Or are we going with a four-man rotation? Might be and a if two. it's a three-man, might even be a two because uh, of the break in between. Be yeah, yeah, it could be. I've seen it done before. They could go with two starters. Two they starters on, on absolutely. Oh, are you going to you're going to go on 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 three days rest? If there's the, a break in between. There's two day yeah. breaks. One between. But these the these, these pitchers nowadays are used to going on five days rest. But no, the old days it was four days rest. They could go two starters in the playoffs. If they lose that's the that's first a, game... I think you're the, the only guy game, out there that's suggesting that, Naz. They could. I've seen it done. I've seen guys Okay, pitch. so if we go in with two starters, who are the two? Could. Oh, Stroman and Price. Okay. Absolutely. And who's your third? I think oh. your biggest mistake there... They, they will make the biggest mistake Blue Jays have ever made if they go with two starters. No, they could, I said. I know, I but they could, but they yeah, won't. Yeah, I, I think, let's, you know, let's, let's be realistic. They're probably going to go with three starters... Perhaps four, depending on how how it shakes out and preparing how the games happen. So we'll let's, never go let's, four starters. Okay, let's They'll line. Let's let's line. Let's let's put our John Gibbons hat on and uh, and let's pretend we're John Gibbons uh, this morning. Who uh, let's line them up. Number one's easy. 
I kind of think two number is two is easy, too. It's got to be Stroman, right? Absolutely. Okay, so the tough one is number three. Although, I know who I'd pick, but they won't. No one, nobody's going to take it. Who would you pick? Estrada, for sure. Estrada yeah. over over Dickey. Absolutely. Lou, I I really think it's going to be a matchup on who they play and where they play the game. Uh, I'm not sure what Dickey's record is at the Yankee Stadium or what it is in Houston, uh, but it's it's going to be a big toss up because now you're and listen. I love the way Estrada's pitched all year. He pitched a great game again yesterday. He's been probably the most consistent, if not the MVP, other than those three big bashers on this ball club because he's been consistent right from, from day one where he started in the pen. And he wasn't even scheduled to be a fourth or fifth starter because when they got him in a deal for Adam Lynn from Milwaukee, he was just more or less, he's going to be a, a long guy coming through the bullpen. If you get knocked out in the first two, three innings, they were going to throw Estrada in. But I think he is the MVP of this year. Uh, for that team. I've heard an interesting theory um, about how to line up your pitchers. Uh, and I want to I roll this out to you guys, uh, some quick comments, then we've got to go to break because we'll be talking to Harry Neal. Um, uh, knucklers are the kind of guys you love or hate. They're high risk. And when, when, when they're on, they're, they're sometimes they're almost unhittable. When they're off, they're serving up beach balls. Um, uh, I've heard a theory is you throw, you roll out, Dickey in the second game because you come with heat in the first game. Never. You come with heat in the first. Let me finish my thought, Ness. You come with heat in the first game, which is Price. You go with the knuckler in the second game, and you know you're somehow you're playing with the heads of the other players, and you come back with with the heat and movement in the third game, and it it just keeps the other team off balance. Disaster. Tell me why. You go with you two best starters. Absolutely. Knuckleballer is a chance. I wouldn't even start him in third. Are you going to start him second? Estrada's been the better pitcher over a Dickey. And Dickey, he can give up seven runs in the first inning. His knuckler doesn't yeah. go. So your call is done. Price, go with your best. Strollman, the Estrada, and then go back to Price and leave Dickey Absolutely. out of the mix. Absolutely, leave Dickey out of the mix. Unless something happens. Yep. Lou? I, I like Price, Strollman, and again, depending on where I'm playing, depending on what the knuckleball is going to do. If they go to the Houston, uh, I'm not sure if the knuckleball is going to knuckle as much. If they play in New York City, especially with the weather that they're going to have in the middle of October now. Like, I, I'm not a, a scientist here no, telling I, you that. I, I uh, just don't trust Knuckler. No, uh, if they play New York, they're going to go with the more favorable pitcher. If they go to Houston, I think they're going to go with the pitcher with they think that they can win in the in the, in the close quarters. Anyway, it's going to be a great week in Toronto land this week. Uh, haven't had this buzz in 22 Two years. years. Louis wow. keeps saying it. Anyways, it's... It's time for our break. We'll be right back after the break with uh, Hall of Fame broadcaster Harry Neal. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville asked me to introduce their new fast dial number just for cell phones by singing it. <clears throat> Pound three six three six. No. Pound three six three six. No. Come on, baby. Pound three six three six. Ooh, ooh. Come on, baby. Pound three six three six. Let's go ring to it. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. Hey, Toronto, it's time to see the pros get back on the ice and let your fan out with a few thousand of your closest friends. Start with the StubHub app for seats you'll love whenever you want. Plus, you can personalize the StubHub app with your teams and artists and grab great tickets. And because every purchase is backed by the StubHub Fan Protect Guarantee, you can buy and sell with confidence. So get the StubHub app today. StubHub, let your fan out. 
There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. Discover Villanova College, York Region's only independent co-educational Catholic school. We offer small class sizes and a commitment to academic excellence towards properly preparing students for university and lifelong success. If you are a young person or a parent seeking more from today's education, then take a moment to learn more about Villanova College. Find out about our specialized enrichment programs, including STEM and advanced placement. For information regarding admissions or to schedule a personal tour, visit VillanovaCollege.org. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We're pleased to have with us again in his return performance to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, Hall of Fame broadcaster, Harry Neal. Good morning, Harry. How are you this morning? How are you today? We're doing great. Thanks for joining us so much. Uh, there's a topic that's been uh, near and dear to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour for the last little while, and we want to... Uh, we want to talk to you about that. Um, it's been in the been uh, a local uh, topic of discussion here in the recent past. Legends Row down at the ACC, uh, and, we, and we bring up, of course, the name of the legendary Dave Keon. Harry, you were a contemporary of of Dave's and also coached him in the WHA and also a business partner of him in a hockey school. Um, we've always considered him the greatest Toronto Maple Leaf of all time. Uh, your thoughts on on. Uh, on, Dave, on David Keon, Harry, as, as a, first of all, as a hockey player and then as a gentleman. Well, I agree with you. I think he is the best Leaf that ever played, and his stats are uh, 
unbelievable when you figure that he often in his career with Toronto, nearly 1,300 games, was given a defensive role playing against the other team's best line or best center. And yet he amassed nearly 1,000 points in those 1,300 games. And he's in the Hall of Fame and uh, played 22 years, won the Calder Trophy, won the Lady Bing, four Stanley Cups with Toronto. So it's pretty tough to uh, argue that he wasn't... uh, uh, the best leaf, although there were others that I'm sure other people think uh, are ahead of Dave, but he was a great all-around player, a terrific skater, a real bright player, defensively uh, expert, great penalty killer, uh, and uh, play could play uh, any kind of a situation you wanted. And, and I know, uh, knowing him as a friend, but watching him play, uh, my... Uh, evaluation might be slightly tainted because I knew him and I was a business partner with him, but he was a great player, and I had the uh, enjoyment of coaching him in Minnesota and Hartford in the WHA when he and the Leafs couldn't get a a new contract, and uh, we were delighted to get him, and the year that uh, he came, uh, Gordie Howe came from the NHL, and uh, Bobby Hull came from the NHL, so Every hockey player that now plays should thank those three guys and all the other players who left the NHL for the greatest increase in salary in the history of the game. Harry, you bring up the uh, WHA days. I uh, have seen some wacky stuff coming out of that league, and I think you've seen more than I have. So, uh, What's the craziest thing that ever happened with you in the WHA? Oh, boy, that uh, <laughs> I can't... Uh, I can't remember any one specific one, but it was a different league. It was an outlaw league, so to speak, from the NHL, and uh, uh, the rules that uh, were applied in the NHL were not applied in in uh, the WHA. And I think Glenn Sonmore, with reference to the fighting and the and the physical play, put it uh, neatly one night when he said, "Harry, if we don't stop this fighting, we're going to have to build bigger rinks." <laughs> Harry, uh, we, just so that you know, uh, we've got uh, Lou Franceschetti in studio uh, again with us this morning. Every time you're on the show, Lou seems to drop in. Uh, uh, so uh, just to let you know he's here. I, I just want to go back to Dave Keon very, very briefly. Um, we, we all know we have uh, recollections of with the incredible hockey player that he was. And uh, unfortunately, um, unfortunately, he hasn't um, received the honors um, in Toronto, although the fans absolutely have a tremendous regard for him, uh, and we run across it on this show all the time, and, and there's so many of us that have such incredible memories from from that time period of, of Davy Keon and what he did for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I want to know a little bit more about Davy David Keon, the man, the gentleman. Um, he's often, I think, unfairly portrayed uh, sometimes in the media as bitter and reclusive, and I've spoken to David a few times in the last year, and I find him nothing to be but gracious and classy. Tell me a little bit, because you're his friend, tell me a little bit about David Keon, the individual. Well, he never did want to leave the Toronto Maple Leafs. They were dear to his heart. He was a he was property of the Toronto Maple Leafs when he grew up in Rouen, Noranda, uh, and went to St. Mike's, where a lot of Leaf players got their junior experience, and but he couldn't come to an agreement, and his loyalty was fractured, and it really hurt him, although it ended up allowing him to make more money, and it ended up 
allowing him to become part of a of a new league and I was lucky enough to be the coach in Minnesota to get him when he couldn't get along with the Leafs and his loyalty gets in the way sometimes of what people think is a bad attitude but uh, he was he was crushed when he couldn't make a deal with Toronto after the way he'd played with them and uh so he left and uh he, he's yet to return and uh, uh that's uh, that's Dave Keon I mean he's not going to pretend he did that he liked what happened he's not going to pretend that he thought he was jilted and he's not going to pretend that uh coming back to Toronto although nobody's with the Leafs now that was there when this whole thing happened he finds it hard to forgive them uh just uh on on that topic uh Harry uh you know David uh they've had this legends row over here in Toronto and he hasn't been uh, he hasn't been admitted there for reasons we, we don't know and um, and and his sweater hasn't retired hasn't been retired because the Leafs don't retire sweaters uh, and I've always I've always thought that there was something wrong about that I've, I've always used the analogy I can't picture a Montreal Canadian wearing number four and I can't picture a Detroit Red Wing wearing number nine. Um, and I and I and I just find it somehow wrong that a Toronto Maple Leafs wears number fourteen. Um, any thoughts on that? Well, there are probably a half a dozen or more other Leafs numbers that should be hanging from the rafters, but that's been the Leafs' philosophy and stance for a long time, and and uh, it doesn't mean that they don't uh, regard their former great players with great uh, thoughts, but. Uh, I agree with you. The, the, his sweater should be up there, and uh, there's probably, as they say, a half a dozen or six or eight more that should be there too because of the way they played and the, the talent they gave the Toronto Maple Leafs. But that's uh, that's the Leafs' way of thinking, and it's it's different. But it, but uh, they do recognize players from in another uh, aspect, and and uh, just because it's not hanging in the sweater doesn't mean they don't think a lot of their great players. Harry, I've just, uh, I just—I want to get away from this Davy Keon stuff. Uh, I'm not as old as you guys, so I'd like to talk about. Uh, <laughs> the, I don't know anybody's old. <laughs> I found my original Social Security card. Last week. It only had two numbers on it. Thanks, Harry. <laughs> not one and two, Lou. <laughs> Listen, uh, what are the expectations down in Buffalo this year with uh, almost a brand new regime in there, with uh, Tim Murray getting his second full year, bringing in uh, Blasma, Terry Murray as an assistant coach. Uh, Jack Eichel, uh, Evander Kane, uh, Bogosian, and uh, what do you think their expectations are, and what do you think the expectations are of uh, the uh, this Le- this Leaf team up here with uh, Babcock running the reins and uh, more or less being as frustrated as he is so far in the this early in the preseason? Well, uh, Buffalo is going to be a better team. There's no question about that. How much better is the question? The fans are thinking the playoffs. I'm not so sure they're going to be that much. They were 30 or 40 points out of the playoffs last year. But they're a much quicker team. They've got more depth offensively. They've got some very good young players. Their defense is better. I don't know how much better, but it's better. And they've got some young guys there that ought to improve. Their goaltending, which hasn't been very good lately, uh, is a, a large question mark. But I think that they're going to score more goals the key to their success is going to be to prevent more. And I don't know whether they're going to make the playoffs, but they're going to be a much more difficult team to play against. And they do certainly have some players that are worth paying the price of admission to watch play 
and Eichel's the young one who's leading in that te- uh, category. Now, Babcock, uh, what do you think the changes are in Toronto? Well, I think that they are uh, a year or two behind uh, some of the teams that have rebuilt because they've tried to patch their lineup in the past few years with free agents or rushing their young guys in a little too quickly. So I think with the Lamorello and Shanahan and Babcock, that they're going to be patient. Those guys don't have to worry about losing their job and making hasty and sometimes uh, poor decisions. And I think the Leafs are apt to be a little better, but I don't think they're going to be a lot better. And I hope that they have the patience to keep their young kids. And Babcock comes from a team that did this. If you you were a Detroit Red Wing player, you had to start off in Grand Rapids and prove that you're one of the better players there. And although their draft picks have been in the hundreds, they have maintained a pretty good sample of a a team that's pretty tough to beat. And I think they're going to be that way this year. And one of the reasons why is that when they draft players, and their drafting has been good considering where the draft picks have come from, they have to earn the right to play in Detroit. And that's been the that's been the philosophy for a number of years, and it's working. And scouts tell me that Detroit's got five or six really good young players that look like they might make the team this year that have put their time in in Grand Rapids. And I think Detroit's going to be a better team. And Babcock, I think, is going to follow that philosophy Lou Lamarillo has been around. He knows what he's doing. And Shanahan, uh, I'm just glad they don't have a salary cap on front offices of Toronto or Toronto Bjork. Harry, um, well, how has the game changed since you, let's say, when you were coaching or you were an uh, analyst on Hockey Night in Canada in comparison to now? How has the game changed? Well, I think. And do you that, like it the way it is now? Yeah, the, the good games are still really good. I think there's too many teams that play uh, not to lose. And, you know, team, there were often teams that did that, but I think there's more of them that play that way now. And so it takes away a little bit from the excitement. I hate the number of shoot-ins, uh, but that's a, that's a tactic that's probably a good idea defensively. And they do convert some shoot-ins into chances, but it, and there's too many icings. Uh, I think they should cut down the icings. They can do that by saying, to the goaltenders, if you don't come out to the edge of the crease on the on the line on the goal line, if the puck goes that close to the net through that area on either side of the net, the icing's waved off. Because goalies stand there and cram themselves against the post, and the puck goes two inches outside the post, and it's icing. And I think there are too many icings. I don't know how you could stop it, but uh, uh, that, that's one thing I don't like. And I think what happens now is that the uh, the number of teams that are capable of being pretty good have increased. Back in the old days, it was two teams out of six, and then four out of 12, and then five out of 15 or 16 that had a chance to win the Cup. And we're finding now that not only winning the Cup, but getting to the finals or getting along a fair distance in the playoffs, every year it's two different teams, and, and that has uh, that's something brand new. And it, it's a good thing because the, the uh, talent, level is a lot better space than it's ever been in the NHL and the bad teams aren't as bad as you might think and when you look at what Chicago's done what LA's done what Tampa's done in a relatively short period of time there is a formula to get better and that is uh, draft properly don't make any foolish trades and free agency's not the way to get better if you depend on it 
Anyways, we've been talking to Harry Neal. Harry, we want to thank you again for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate it. And, well, I'll uh, just send the check to my house. <laughs> no problem. Uh, and we wish you all, we wish you all the best. Keep and well. That's not a body check, I'm <laughs> I got the we got the message, Harry. All <laughs> thank, right. Th- I'll talk to you next year if I'm still around. Thanks, Harry. Thanks, Harry. That, of course, was uh, was Harry Neal. He's always always a pleasure talking to Harry. And pretty uh, funny guy. Uh, one of the funniest guys. Anyways, we're, we're briefly in that part, we're talking about retiring uh, David Keon's sweater. I got a prediction, Lou, and you've got a prediction too. It's the hundredth anniversary of the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, in in as a franchise, coming up by 2017. Uh, my prediction is all the sweaters that have now been honored will be retired that year. Uh, number 14 will be retired. Uh, David Keon will attend on that retirement ceremony, and he will be put on Legends Row at that time. It's going to happen the 100th anniversary. That's my prediction. I hope I'm right. Well, take your money to Vegas because I don't think all those jerseys will be retired. Some of those players Hopefully. Have, been, have, have been honored as great Leafs. I'm not sure if they have the honor of being retired. Yeah. Uh, but, they're, I, they're, but, I, but I do see two faces uh, being added uh, on that 100th anniversary. And uh, uh, my prediction is probably going to be Con Smythe and uh, David Keon. Now, now that I think about it, probably two of the most important parts, uh, two of the most integral people in the entire history of the Toronto Maple Leaf franchise aren't there. And what a more fitting tribute to the 100th anniversary of such a great franchise and to have those two, have those two uh, go in at the same time. And uh, there, that would be phenomenal. And there will be probably one more dark horse that people don't know, and it could be Turk Broda. Turk Broda. And I've, it's at some point in time, you know, people may have not liked him personally, but at some point in time, Punch Imlac has to go in as well. He he really does. Well, uh, anyways, can, we, this, is <laughs> this is a debate. This is a. I think David Keon is going in. Yeah, I don't think the sweaters are going to be retired. Though. Yeah, so uh, certainly a topic for future you, Louis, discussion. That's, that's rare. Anyways, it's time for our break, and uh, as soon as we come back from the break, we're hoping to have with us Tom Henke. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville introduced their new fast dial number for cell phones. It's pound 3636 and you can dial it from anywhere. Want pizza at the park? Pound 3636. Wings by the water? Pound 3636. Ponzo combo at the cottage? Pound 3636. Salad at the... uh, Someone stop me. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal? Yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. 
This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Uh, good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are, of course, live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. Without further ado, and in celebration of Blue Jays Week in Toronto, we have one of the great Blue Jays of all time. Of course, I'm talking about Tom the Terminator Henke. Uh, Tom, good morning. How are you this morning? Doing very well this morning. How are you all? Great. Thanks for joining us. So really appreciate it. Of course, uh, you're down in Missouri, and I'm sure you're probably aware of what's going on in Toronto. You were in Toronto recently for the reunion of the 1985 Blue Jay team, which was one of the great teams uh, uh, of that era. Uh, had a little bit of bad luck in the uh, against KC, but uh, I'm sure you're aware of what's going on in Toronto. And uh, what are you hearing down in Missouri about the Toronto Blue Jays? Well, I'm hearing a lot of good things. Uh, you know, when I was there, oh, for the 85 reunion, you know, I got a, a pretty good look at the team, and, and uh, they were playing the Yankees that weekend. It was really good to see the excitement in the city and and uh, in the stadium again. I mean, sold-out crowds uh, everywhere you went uh, in Toronto, uh, the different restaurants, whatever. Everybody was just talking about the Blue Jays. and Really good to see that kind of excitement again. Uh, Tom, uh, you played both for the St. Louis Cardinals and the Toronto Blue Jays. It could be a World Series matchup. Uh, what are your thoughts on both teams? And well, who are you rooting for? Matchup for me, uh, you know, just being able to uh, to see two of my favorite teams uh, get the lock up head to head, and, and uh, uh, I'm sure I'd make one or two of those games either here in St. Louis or fly up to Toronto and and, uh, and catch those games, but. Uh, you know, on paper, uh, it's going to be hard to beat Toronto as far as I, I look at it. I mean, uh, they've got a lineup that just doesn't stop from top to bottom, and they've got good, solid pitching all the way through uh, in the starting and in the bullpen. So, uh, you know, they're going to be hard to beat. Uh, St. Louis, uh, yeah, I'll be honest, I don't know how they've done it all year. Uh, with all the injuries they've had now, they're getting healthier. And when healthy, they're as good as anybody in the game. So that would be a great matchup. Uh, talking about the Blue Jays and uh, top to bottom, our our closer, if uh, if you can even use that term anymore, uh, is 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 Robert Asuna, who's a twenty year old, and um, he had a rough outing yesterday and uh, a rough outing earlier uh, in the week. Uh, is, in the mentality of a, uh, going into the playoffs after coming off a rough outing. For a twenty-year-old pitcher, um, is that uh, is that something that Blue Jay fans should be worried about? 
you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know his uh, his psyche or his ability. You know, everybody's asked me, what's it take to be a great closer? And I, I said, uh, uh, short memory. Uh, you know, you have to forget those games. Those are those are going to happen from time to time. Uh, you know, he's 20 years old. Uh, people have to be patient with him. It's hard to be patient when you're going into the playoffs and, and, and possibly a World Series. But uh, he's got a great arm. Uh, from what I've seen of him, uh, he's got the ability to be a great closer. He really does. And and uh, he just has to believe in himself. And, and uh, like I said, sometimes getting over that, and the younger you are, just depends on how your mental makeup is. Uh, uh, sometimes that's a little bit tough to get over, but uh, you know, once the once the playoffs start and the World Series, uh, that's all a new season. Everything that's happened before means nothing, and uh, you know he's got the ability. So just a matter of going out there and and, and trusting his ability and and uh, going after hitters. Uh, you got to be aggressive as a closer. You can't be uh, tentative. And I've always said, if you're afraid to fail, you'll never succeed. And and uh, you know, there's n- nothing more true uh, than for a closer. I mean, if you're out there worrying about losing or blowing the save or whatever, you're never gonna you're never gonna succeed. We're talking to Tom, the Terminator Henke, of course, one of the great Blue Jays. Tom, uh, you played on some great teams with the Jays. There's, of course, the '85 team, the 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 '92 and '93 World Series winners. I always thought the '85 team was the best team in baseball that year. He had 99 wins, uh, just a couple of. Uh, I guess unfortunate games, uh, the game six and seven. Uh, how does how does how do you match up this uh, this uh, this edition of the Toronto Blue Jays with with some of the teams that you played on? Well, they're very good. I mean, every, they. I think every team has its own signature. I remember '85. You know, we won '99 games. That could have been the best team I ever played on. I mean, arguably, we were. Uh, short staffed. Uh, we carried two Rule Five guys that year, so really we had twenty, twenty-two guys, and we won uh, ninety-nine games. So, arguably, it could be the best team that I had ever played on. Uh, the ninety-two team was just balanced from top to bottom. We had a great starting staff, uh, had great bullpen, uh, unbelievably unbelievable defense with uh, Devo out in center and Robbie and. Manny on short, I mean, he just had to let him hit the ball, and, and it was going to be caught. So uh, we had a great team that year, and I thought that team was the best team in baseball that year in 92. So these guys have their own signature. I mean, they're very strong, uh, you know, top to bottom, uh, the, the starting pitching uh, all the way through the bullpen. And, uh, of course, their lineup is uh, just a lineup that any pitcher, I think, would be a little bit nervous facing. Tom, you were at the game when the, on the reunion on the on the Sunday, I think it was, right? Well, uh, yeah. What did you think of the crowd reaction now compared to when you played, uh, when the teams were competitive and very good back then? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, that's some of my favorite memories. I, I, I'll never forget, somebody asked me what one of your favorite memories was, and that was 85. Uh, the crowd reaction when I came into the game for the very first time in Toronto after going into Baltimore and, and, uh, and saving a couple games there and, and uh, having some real good success, uh, uh, the, the crowd reaction was just unbelievable. And anytime, uh, you know, I just remember them opening the gates and coming into the game and, and almost just being able to float in, you know, because of the adrenaline factor and, and the way the crowd reacted to us. 
uh, that game Sunday and that weekend series against New York this year when I was there was very similar. I mean, uh, the fans are very excited, uh, which they should be. And, uh, you know, they've got a great team. I think a great opportunity to bring another world championship up at, up into Toronto and Canada. So, um, uh, I, I, I thought the crowd reaction was unbelievable. What did you think of Alex Anthopoulos at the trade deadline? How do how he made those deals? We're still astonished here how he did it because he really put the team right through. He's he's really done a great job. Well, you know, and that's where it starts. Our, you know, that's where maybe it ends. Where you've got to have that uh, that extra player here and there to fill in to maybe help. Uh, uh, steady or solidify the team in 92. We picked up David Cohn very late, uh, which really, uh, I thought helped put us over the top, gave us that extra starter this year. Uh, they got the price kid from Detroit, uh, kind of a similar move, got him late. Uh, he's paid, uh, unbelievable dividends for, for Toronto and, uh, you know, all the other moves that they made. Tulowitzki, uh, the Donaldson kid from Oakland earlier in the year which has been a big, big, big move for them. Uh, you know, that's where it starts. You've got to have the the, the men in command uh, being able to push the right buttons and, and put the right personnel in place. Tom, uh, talking to Tom Henke, uh, Tom, uh, I want to ask you a question about workload and rest before playoffs because that's become an issue uh, in, in, in Toronto this week, uh, if Toronto, Toronto's one game behind Kansas City right now, and uh, if if Toronto had a finished, if they finish first, they get home field advantage, I guess in the ALCS uh, finals. Um, and and I know that when when you pitched, you pitched a lot of innings, and it's and it, and major, and it's a really tough season. Um, so a manager's got to make a difficult decision the last week of the season, which is. Do I keep the foot on the gas and go for first place overall, or do I rest uh, some of my workhorses who who may need some rest? And a chief example of that in Toronto is David Price, who yeah. if he goes this Thursday is going to be on 11 days rest. Where, where, where's the balance line drawn between keeping your foot on the gas and, and resting your starters? Can, can you actually give out too much rest at this time of year? I think you can. Uh, of course, I'm an old school guy. I... I uh, I like to pl- I like the workload I I liked I know I pitched uh, almost 90, 90 innings as a closer a few times so that's almost unheard of in in today's day and age and, and uh, so I like the workload I like to keep going you know the way I looked at it we got all season all off season rest you know you you're you're right where you want to be right now uh, you know there is that fine line of saying hey I need maybe, boy, an extra day's rest for this young man here or this young man would uh, pay dividends in the playoffs. Uh, you know, you're made the playoffs now. Um, how much advantage, home field advantages? You know, I'm not sure. Uh, I think it's it, it's got to it's gotta play into it. And You know, when you get to start at home in front of your home crowd and, and uh, playing in the Sky Dome or the Rogers Center now, uh, it uh, it's got to be a big advantage for Toronto, so it'd be nice to get that home field advantage, but do you sacrifice? Uh, you know, but uh, I'm like I said, I'm old school. Hey, we got all got all off season rest. Tom, uh, this is uh, Lou Franceschetti here. I'm a hockey guy, not a baseball guy, but I I know quite a bit about uh, the game that you guys played here. 
What's your preparation? I know with Osuna, you said earlier that uh, you really have to find out what his makeup is to figure out if he can come back after the bad outing he's had, uh, I'd say, in the last month. Uh, is there anything special do you go through? Uh, do you come to the game uh, prepared to pitch? Do, do you joke? Are you jovial? Are you serious from the time you get to the ballpark? Um, and where does when does it start? Uh your preparation, do you get when you're told to get up and start warming up, or is it more or less after the fifth inning? Well, I was, uh, you know, as a closer, uh, I was always kind of a jovial guy. I told a lot of jokes, uh, had fun, you know. You know, baseball's a fun, is fun, you know, and and you try to make it that way. You don't get to the playoffs very often in the World Series. I mean, uh, you got to enjoy it if you're so uptight and. Uh, uh, just worried about every little thing, you, you're never going to enjoy it. I tried to enjoy the World Series, the playoffs every every year that we were in it, the pennant race, uh, because you know it, it's in a flash, it's all gone. You know, uh, uh, your your career's over, and you say, "Wow, I wish I would have enjoyed that more." And uh, so I was always kind of a jovial guy. I'd come to the park, um, have fun with my teammates. Uh, you know, I really didn't start seriously thinking about was. The sixth, seventh inning, you know, as a closer. Then I started looking at matchups. Okay, uh, you know, if I get in the eighth, uh, I'm going to have this guy, this guy. I started mentally preparing who I was going to face, uh, who their pinch hitters were. You know, you had that game plan, and, uh, uh, and that's when I started to get more serious. Now, uh, I still, I wasn't one of those guys that talked baseball, baseball, baseball 24-7, and I played with guys like that. Uh, and that was okay too, but you know I love to talk hunting and fishing and and, and other things, and uh, I think that kind of kept me loose. There's always I've always wanted to get an answer on this. David Price is playing in a, he's doing playing in a simulating game. What is what entails uh, to a simulating game? Well, David, you know is is tremendous, and I, I I've seen him pitch with Detroit, and I've seen. Him with Toronto, he, he seems like a tremendous, tremendous competitor. And, uh, uh, you know, he prepares. You, you can see that he's prepared. Uh, he never gets rattled, uh, you know, uh, depend, uh, he, no matter what the situation. And that's how you get through those things. You go out. Uh, I always uh, I always use the, my dad's advice was, hey, just do the best you can. If you can look yourself in the mirror when you come home, uh, good or bad, it doesn't matter. You know, you you went out and did the best you could, and you you're not always going to succeed. Uh, I, I think even Cy Young lost 300 and some games, so uh, you're not going to succeed every time out. But uh, the more you can stay on that happy median and, and keep that even keel and not get too high for any wins or too low for any losses, and that's what's important about being a closer too. Is uh, you don't get that unbelievable high until the season's over and you won the world series i mean you you try to keep that even keel and and you don't get too high or too low and, and i think it helps we've been talking to tom hinky tom uh we certainly want to thank you for joining us this morning i know uh you're out uh you're out doing your business today and uh we really appreciate the fact that you've taken time for us it's certainly been a pleasure for us uh you certainly brought. Uh, you certainly bring back a lot of great memories from some great Blue Jay teams of the past, and uh, 
Uh, your karma here with us today. Hopefully, will uh, be a small, uh, small spark for the Blue Jays this week, and we hopefully, hopefully, we see you in town over the course of the playoffs, and uh, hopefully, you're here able to be here and celebrate a Blue Jays World Series victory. Thank you so much, and it's certainly been our privilege and pleasure. Well, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure talking to the fans uh, that gave me so much support over the years, and, and uh, Toronto really is my my second home. So. I really, uh, I really enjoy visiting, and, and uh, good luck to the Blue Jays. Hopefully, bring it all, all home. Thanks so much, Tom. It's a pleasure. Okay. That, of course, was Tom Henke. Uh, we've got a few minutes left on the show. We'd love to take some calls. Uh, our, our number, once again, is 416-360-0740, 1-866-740-4740. You want to give us a call? We'd love to take your calls. Uh, Lou Franceschetti, NHL season. Yes, is, is about to start, and uh, you were at the game last night. Uh, in fact, uh, you are uh, well regarded around the ACC, and the fans uh, fans uh, still enjoy seeing you. And of course, last night you were even doing the ceremonial. Uh, tell us a little bit about the uh, the ceremony that you participated in last night. It's a something the Leafs do at every game. Yeah, it is. It's uh, I think it's Loops Troops. Uh, Gary uh, Joffrey Lupel uh, sponsors. Uh, this presentation and uh, what they do is they try to get one alumni uh, for every single game to um, to present a, a, a leaf jersey to a member of the uh, Canadian Armed Forces who has served over in Afghanistan and it's uh, for us it's a great event we're very proud of uh, of delivering the jersey because for everything that they have done to uh, to more or less to, to protect this country uh, there isn't really enough that we can actually do for for all the people that have served over uh, overseas. Anyways, uh, you saw the Leafs play. You, you're uh, you're uh, an observer of all things uh, blue and white, and uh, 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 observing the Babcock regime, which uh, the whole new the whole new uh, kit and caboodle starts this Wednesday night against the Habs. Your 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 brief sentiments of uh, what you see and uh, what the Leaf fans can expect this year. I really think it's going to be a work in progress. Uh, we're talking about Mike Babcock coming in here and more or less uh, putting in a, a brand new system. Uh, a lot of the players are, are having a tough time with it right now, and it's going to take probably I don't know ten or fifteen, twenty games with once they get the full team uh, on the ice to actually implement uh, this system that he had over in Detroit because obviously it did work over there. And as long as uh, uh, as you as you compete, that that's going to be the biggest concern uh, because of the disaster that happened here last year. I'd say probably sixty or seventy percent of the games the Leafs didn't even come to compete in this building, and and it's just tough. Well, that to isn't going to happen under Mike Babcock. Well, you're, you're he, he, right. He isn't going to put up with it. Well, let, let's hope that it doesn't, <laughs> uh, and, and uh, let's hope that if, if that if it does happen, uh, the players are definitely uh, showed the way out. Yeah, we just we're just going to go to a call now. I just want to make a comment. You know, I, I hope I hope uh, my, you know I I I think Mike Babcock's a great hockey coach. Just hope he bought some Grecian formula because I think he's going to have a few more gray hairs. Ah, at the you end guys of this are year. so pessimistic. Oh, come on, come on. Go Anyways, go. we've got Mike from Hamilton on the line. Mike, uh, what's on your mind this morning? Oh, good morning, guys. How are you? We're good. How are you? Fine, thank you. I just wanted to say uh, the St. Louis Cardinals um, might pose the biggest threat to the Jays. Like historically, they, they've they've been there in the 2004, 2006, 2011, and 13. Like, who, who do you think the Jays are going to face? Or, stiffest competition from in the playoffs. Uh, I really like the Dodgers on the uh, on the uh, National League side because of their pitching. They're, they're, 
they're top-notch starters. They have two great starters. I mean, they're, they're, they're going to be tough to beat. And I think the Jays are going to have trouble with Texas if they play them because of their pitching. You're, you're right, Naz. Uh, the problem is, is the Jays have to get to the National League first. But uh, I think it's going to be a flip. You know, it, it's going to be a flip of the coin over the National uh, Baseball League because every team has its, its strengths and weaknesses. You look at the Mets, the pitching they have. They're going to go up against the Dodgers. The Dodgers have had uh, Zach Greinke and um, uh, Kershaw the last two years, and they had never made it to Game Seven against uh, to get out of that uh, conference. Uh, you look at the Cubs. You look at the uh, at the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're all teams that are capable of going all the way. So I really think the Jays they more or less have to worry between Texas and Kansas City, especially if they have to go outside their building in a Game Seven. Game Five is going to be a total crapshoot. Yeah. And if they go against Texas in the Game Seven uh, in that first series, uh, the way Texas is playing right now, they got the bats. They've got the pitching, even though they had a little bit of a blip on the screen yesterday, giving up five runs to the Angels. Uh, I think that the Rangers right now are going to be the team to beat in the American League. One thing the Jays have though is they have definitely the hitting. They're going to have. They probably will have three guys hitting forty yeah. homers. If Encarnacion hits one today, that's three guys yeah. forty. Yeah. Homers. But they, you know that you know the baseball mantra is uh, good pitching shuts down good hitting. And, and the uh, Jays in, have in the history in the, in the history of baseball, you know it's. You get that one. You get that one guy. That one guy. That that Mickey Lolich guy, or that Madison Baumgartner guy. That guy who can come out and win three games in a series, uh, and it happens. And um, that that you know. And David Price is capable of that. Well, I mean, you're you're right about David Price. But I want to see if the team coming in here beats David Price, and how this will tell how much of a team we really have here. Is how if they come in here and beat David Price that first game, how this. City and how the the Jays are going to react to that loss uh, and come back in Game Two. If they come back and, and they beat them, then they got to go to Texas or wherever for the next two games. But it's going to be very important for David Price to have his A game after eleven days off. I hear uh, Taylor Swift has been canceled. By the way, it hasn't be. because I was there last night. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, really, 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 really quickly, guys. NHL season coming up. Uh, we had a little banter last Sunday. I thought we were throwing a little wager down between us. Oh, uh, this is going to be I good. I mean, uh, Lou, Lou threw around like a $100 bill, but that's, that's high-rent territory for me. So no, he said dinner. That's, he, that's, said that's, dinner. That's, he said dinner? Yeah, he did Okay, so dinner. dinner. Okay, top point getter. We had, we've had all week to think about it. Top point getter. i got to go Crosby with, uh, with Kessel and uh, hopefully no, no, no. A, a healthy Okay, uh, so Cros- you got Crosby? i got Crosby leading the league in scoring. Connor McDavid. Oh, you're, you're something else, Ness. <laughs> Connor McDavid. Why are you laughing? I'm not laughing. You are. Uh, no, we'll have. To, unfortunately, we only got a minute left. So let, let me give you my pick. My pick is John Tavares. Okay. So we're going to see who wins this one. Whoever, whoever, uh, uh, whoever. How are we going to do this? Whoever well, we loses. Said whoever has the most points out of the guys that we took. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. No. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Whoever has the most points out of the guys we took. So I've got Tavares. You've got I've got uh, Crosby, Crosby, and he's got and Naz got Connor McDavid. You're gonna if you win this one, you're gonna be a genius, Naz. It will be Connor McDavid. <laughs> he's gonna be playing with Everly and Hall. Why are you laughing, Lou? I mean, uh, where did Taylor Hall finish in scoring, well, guys? You know what? What are you drinking? Where did Taylor Hall what are you drinking there? <laughs> what are you? Oh, his preferred drink. His preferred drink is scotch and soda. By the way, the coffee's black, question. and I don't know what's in it. Where did Taylor Hall finish in scoring last year? There we go. Seventh. There we go. Hey, Top you know ten score the last two years. A rookie. Who's his center? Okay. As a rookie, ever MVP. won the scoring title. 
Who? Has a rookie ever won the scoring title in the NHL? Uh, Gretzky? He no, tied. he didn't win it. Tied with, he tied tied with, uh, Dion. with, uh, with Dion. Dion. But Dion had more goals. Yes. So he won that. But so, you know what? They're saying Connor McDavid is, is, is the next Wayne Gretzky. So don't count Nash short. Don't count him short. Anyways, hey, well, Louis, <laughs> if they went today, I said back at a wedding that the Yankees wouldn't be within seven games. You said seven, seven games, games, but it's not going to be seven be games. Seven it's going to be six. Today. <laughs> no, it's going to be six. Okay, guys. Unfortunately, our uh, Sebastian, our producer, is telling us to get our buns off the air. And uh, we've, over, we've overstayed our welcome for this week. Uh, anyways, we want to wish our listeners a uh, fantastic week. And, uh, Lou, it's always a pleasure having you with us. And, uh Hopefully we get you again. We'll get you in here again soon, and uh, we'll be back again next Sunday morning at nine o'clock on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.